BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Monroe Anderson coming up. In the meantime, here is our interview with Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor. Go check this out. It's available at chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download podcasts. Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor and Ben Jarofsky. He got beat up and killed and arrested. So, uh... Again, going back to my uh, analogy, just imagine if a, a black political leader two or three weeks out had been saying January 6th is the day. January 6th is the day. They didn't stayed at work. They wouldn't have left that. They wouldn't have left Chambers until that person was impeached. Period. Ain't no question in my mind. No question in my mind. But we can't get justice for the wrongdoing that happens to people of color all of the time. But for him, he gets the pass. And uh, we're stuck with the bill. Uh, Uh, Because we're going to pay in lawsuits. We're going to pay in cleanup. We're going to pay in insurance. The American people are going to pay for what has happened. And Donald Trump will be on his plane in his house overseas somewhere, collecting all that illegal money he didn't stole. Yeah, the, the bill I was actually thinking about was a psychic bill. Like, not just a... You're, you're, <laughs> this whole year has made us all need therapy. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> you know, it's funny because it was like everybody... It's like, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. I can't wait for, I heard that. I don't know. It's like, it ain't getting, 2020 and 2021 had a talk. And nobody supervised that talk. Because this shit, we seven days into the new year and this is what we got. You know, you you, you touched on something. Uh, And I, there many uh, moments in that, uh, uh, seen yesterday stick in my mind, but the one that you touched on really, um, where that security guard they're chasing him up the stairs, he's got a baton, that's he's all got he's got. He's yeah. got a gun and he got pepper spray and he uses none of it. Which, don't get me wrong, all the woman Jeanette Taylor slash Jeanette B. Taylor slash JT is not condoning violence, but let that have been some different folks. That's because people of color are seen as a threat. That's what it is. That's just, let's call this country, let's call it what it is. Wait, did he have a gun? And that's all you get, everybody. Go download the rest of it, chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Hour number two, let's go. The Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, and the Chicago Reader. Benny J, take it away. Every Wednesday, Monroe Anderson uh, joins us uh, for discussion of politics. Trump, 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 and Trump is what we called it. He was just here. Now he left. I don't know where he went. Um, he... <laughs> 
Monroe! Monroe! Where'd you go? <laughs> Come back, Monroe! Oh, boy, is it something we said? Uh, it's all forgiven. He's sick of those Tai Chi jokes. I can't. There he is. He's back. Monroe Anderson was with us. Then he was. With, uh, then he left. He left the stage. He's like Elvis has left the building, uh, but now he's returned. Uh, Monroe, I thought it was. Uh, you were sick of those. You were modern sick of those. Tai- doesn't work. What's that? It's in modern technology. It doesn't work. Ah, uh, yeah, it doesn't work. All right, let me uh, read your Facebook posting. That'll act as a cheat sheet for what we're going to discuss. It's been a long time coming, but finally. Trump is being recognized as the pariah he has justly earned. Uh, The banking community, corporate America, the golf circuit, and New York City have all cut ties with him. And Democrats are in the process of indicting him for a second time. Is making Trump the first president to be impeached a second time a good idea? Will it hurt President Biden's first months in office? Will it further divide America? That's what we'll be talking about on the Ben Jurassic Show. Uh, yeah, all good and important topics, and we'll get to, uh, to them all. Uh, Monroe, I just, before we uh, get into this, I just have to share this headline. Today's New York Times. I laughed when I saw this headline. Monroe, here's the headline. GOP leaders begin to break with Trump. Begin to break with Trump. It's like, well, we're not quite sure we're ready to go out on a limb there now, the guy just decided it's insurrection. They're beginning to break with Trump. It's a slow process, uh, Monroe, very slow process. Uh, but uh, they're starting to begin. And that doesn't look very pro- promising from that early debate um, in the uh, House. Uh, but before we do that, let's just go back they in time. They have six, six, six Republicans who are going to vote for impeachment. <laughs> They've announced that already. I think it was five. Who is the sixth? I, I, I just saw a, a um, crawl saying as much. They didn't name them. But they said six Republicans are, are going to vote for the impeachment. All right. Well, that's six. Uh, that's one more than the five I thought they had. Well, let's just go back for a moment. Six more than last time. Yeah, six more than last time. Wow. Not one Republican, is that correct? Am I right on that? Not one voted for impeachment uh, for the Ukrainian uh, shakedown deal? Not one. one. We've gone from... In the House, you had Mitt in the uh, Senate. Mitt Romney. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, No no, uh, congressman voting for impeachment in the House. All right. Uh, It was one week ago uh, that I uh, learned of the insurrection by looking at the disbelief and fear in your eyes as we were doing this show. You apparently have a TV not far uh, from where we're having this conversation. You were watching the marauders overtake the White House, chase the security guard down the uh, the hallway. Uh, It wasn't fear. It was wonderment. (laughs) Because they have been saying... They have been, you know, I, I knew there was going to be violence. There have been reports that there were going to be violence, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was going to be on the streets. I realized it was going to be actually in the U.S. Capitol. And that's what blew my mind. I mean, it was just incredible. And the visuals of it, you know, these guys with the, the, the battering ram and climbing and hanging up, hang, hanging a Trump sign where an American flag used to be, I mean, the Trump flag, it was, just, it was total, like, yeah. Yeah, I, um, do you have any theories, reigning theories, uh, as to how 
the uh, insurrectionists got as far as they did, do you think uh, it, it was just oversight on the part of the people who were charged with the responsibility of guarding the Capitol? Or do you think there was something uh, more subversive going on, uh, some kind of conspiracy? What's your thoughts? They, they wore that um, protective seal, the skin, the color of their skin. It was a bunch of white people. Had 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 that been Black Lives Matter, it it, it, it would have been like um, at at the carnival when they have the the dials up in the shooting gallery, the ducks in the shooting gallery, so you can win a prize. They've been shooting black people coming and going. But this was like, oh well, it's black. Well, and there are other there are other theories also. There are reports that some of the congressmen they haven't been named yet, but were actually the day before taking some of the white nationalists and uh, on a tour of, of of the Capitol building, so they know where everything was, and that makes a certain amount of sense because Clyburn's office he has a second office that he operates out of, mm-hmm. and it's in some place that nobody knows about. In fact, people who work there, some of his colleagues, have trouble finding his office. They were able to find that. Um, they are also able to find Pelosi's office, which is uh, doesn't. It's not a roadmap to it. You know, it's it's not on the visitor schedule. Mm-hmm. If you do this and do that, and and one other thing, the um, the guest you just had on, who talked about the black guard not shooting anybody. Jeanette mm. uh, Taylor, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, I came in late, so I, I didn't hear her name. But the situation there mm-hmm. was, this guy was a hero. Uh, what he did, he just had a, a rod, I guess it has electricity in it or something, I don't know, he had some sort of rod. And he, he had his gun. Um, but what he did was he drew the um, crowd away from the Capitol um, building, the, the meeting in the Capitol building, yeah. whatever their meeting room was called. He he distracted them because he ran up the, the, the stairs and he looked over there and that not only uh, the room, the doors were open and they were meeting there the congressman. Mm-hmm. And so what he did was he shoved this, the guy with the Kunan shirt on. He shoved him and the guy started chasing him and he, he drew him away from with, uh, drew him away and then called help, called for help back up. But had, had he not done that, they were headed straight into the meeting. Yeah. And uh, we'd, we'd be doing stories about um, X amount of congressmen dead. Yeah. No, that was the, uh, that moment. Uh, that was the last way I remember so clearly. Uh, Dennis watching that with disbelief. While I was on the air live uh, and saying, oh, my God, they're chasing a security guard or a police officer. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. which. And, he's, he's, he's a cop. Yeah. A cop, police officer. Uh, yeah, no, he. I, I think he uh, should be commended uh, for what he did and the restraint he showed and the, the smarts he showed. He picked up. I remember he, he he picked up that baton 
yeah. as he was coming up the stairs, the mob was coming at him and he picked up the baton that happened to be lying there and he used it, just waved it in the air and that kept him at bay long enough. Right. Uh, Monroe, I touched on this at the start of the show. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Uh, among the crowd, there was a, uh, an Olympic gold medalist, a swimmer. Uh, very bizarre. Old boy is six foot six, very recognizable, not wearing a mask because, of course, he's MAGA and doesn't believe that the COVID is real. So why wear a mask? And he's wearing his Olympic jacket. I mean, just a level of what? Of just, I don't know, arrogance? Embodied by that? It was they. They were on a mission from God, <laughs> you know, like in the Blues Brothers movie. <laughs> they were on a mission, and God has told them that Trump is our leader, and um, he's meant to be there, and he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so, why hide your identity? Yeah. And then, well, and also, you had some some proud boys and some boogaloo boys among the group who were a little more active than your average uh, protester. And I'm I'm not sure some of the people who were in in the mob expected it to be as violent as it turned out to be. Hmm. And you have have mob mentality. Yeah. You know, 100 years ago, when they were lynching a black man or a Jew or something, the crowd would get all worked up. And they and it was entertainment for me. You know, they bring their children and and have a picnic while they were watching the lynching. And so it was that mob mentality was at play, also. Yeah, and uh, as I pointed out, uh, many of uh, the insurrectionists are feeling some repercussion. They've either been arrested, they've charged, they've lost jobs, uh, right. been suspended. Right. Suddenly they're realizing uh, that a lot of people are really upset with them. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, is a whole other matter. And that gets to the questions uh, that you raised on your Facebook page. Uh, is it what prudent for Democrats to impeach him? Uh, should they just let it go uh, in the name of unity, aim of getting uh eliminating any distractions. This is Lori Lightfoot's position and any distractions from the Senate. So Joe Biden can get his uh, legislation through or his, his uh, appointees through your thoughts on this. Uh, I think they should impeach him. I think they are duty bound to impeach him because if you can't be as president, if you can be impeached for inciting a mob to, uh, to take siege on the U.S. Capitol building, uh, look for the vice president to hang him, look for the Speaker of the House to assassinate, mm-hmm. then when does it go into play? Would, would Trump have had to have done it himself before it was worthy of impeachment? And secondly... You know, I, I understand the concern about being preoccupied with the impeachment and therefore not getting the things Biden wants done in the first hundred days. However, I think that that's um, the conditioning of Democrats, where they're always, oh, dear, we're not going to be able to do this, and we're so nervous about doing that. 
They are in charge. They're going to have the Senate. They have the House. They have the White House. If they can't get anything done with that, then they don't need to be there either. We need two new parties in America. Uh, I'm with you. The woe is me Democrats have got to go. And you know, it's funny. I mean, I don't want to uh, bring in this, uh, Springfield news with uh, Washington, but uh, this there is a, uh, a connection. Uh, Michael Madigan, the master of the, of the legislative process, is out. Uh, Chris Welch, this, this news broke uh, as a show, early part of the show. Uh, Chris Welch is in, a state representative from the western suburbs. And the Democrats are concerned because... Madigan plays the game like McConnell plays the game. And so if we don't have our maestro in there, uh, they will have an advantage. And it's true. Madigan does play hardball. Right. Uh, he makes you come to him every step of the way. Now, ring. yes, kiss his ring. Yeah, right. Now, generally, it's all about Madigan doing that uh, to accumulate more power for Madigan right. and not really about like progressive legislation. I understand all that, but he is the maestro and the master. Now, we're watching Republicans play the game. I never hear Republicans c- complain about their maestros and masters and Mitch McConnell. And let's just bring it here. They have made, they're going to make the Democrats wear this. Mike Pence, he could, vice president, could have uh, asked that the, the uh, cabinet vote to remove Trump on the basis of the 25th Amendment. Uh-uh, wimped out on that one. Mitch right. McConnell could have held a hearing as soon as the Democrats pass this impeachment. He still could do it. He still, but he's already said he's not going to do it. I, I know, I know. I, although he wants to, see, Mitch, Mitch is, is very slick. Because what he does by delaying it until an hour after Biden is sworn in, then he can blame the Democrats for doing Trump in instead of taking the credit himself. So so what he is hopeful of is that um, the Republicans would be upset because the Democrats did Trump in, and therefore, um, when the next election in two years happens, um, the Republicans will win back the House, and um, no Republican senators will lose a seat. That's a strategy. I don't. I, I don't think that's going to work. I mean, if the Democrats are bold and tough about what they're doing. None of this. Well, sorry, I, I, I stepped on your foot, but you stepped on my foot first. You know? <laughs> no, I mean, they they got to go in fighting, headhunting, purging, whatever is necessary to be in charge and get they, what they want done, done. Because if they take care of the virus, and if they per- perform with the vaccines, which will help take care of the virus, then the economy will improve. Two years from now, they'll be flying high, and nobody will care. In fact, Trump will definitely be a pariah by that time. But if they go, oh, well, I'm sorry, but Trump was misbehaving, or so we had to slap his wrist, you know, <laughs> then it's going to embolden 
the Republicans more, and they're going to take charge. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, uh, I've been thinking a lot about when uh, Nixon stepped down. I did this piece uh, for the reader where I was recollecting. Uh, I, I talked about how last week I didn't actually see uh, the um, insurrection. I just saw it in your eyes and how now I will always have that memory of that moment. Uh, that's how I learned about the insurrection. And there's so many we've accumulated these uh, memories over the years, Monroe, you too, all of us yeah. have yeah. Uh, of like great moments, scary moments, really significant moments where we were uh, when they happened. And when I wrote that piece, uh, several people responded by saying they remember where they were uh, when Richard Nixon stepped down. What a great moment, momentous moment that was in American history in 1974 when president right. Richard Nixon stepped down. And I don't remember where I was uh, in 1974 when Richard Nixon stepped down. I just remember where I was the next day when I read about it. It's kind of weird how memory works. And I remember yeah. very clearly reading the sun times uh, article about Richard, Richard Nixon stepping down in like disbelief, you know, like um, that this is happening but Richard Nixon was actually like more, I don't know, noble, if such a word could apply to Richard Nixon, far more than Donald Trump, who will never acknowledge that he did anything wrong. Right now, well, Nixon, Nixon was a patriot and he was more liberal than Clinton or Obama. And he came, he, he, he came up with the EPA. He came up with affirmative action. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's as bad as he was, he was, was good compared to Trump. Yeah, well, I don't know. Is Nixon more liberal, hold on, than Clinton or Obama? Yes, yes, yes. He came up now. He later, he changed the course. But initially, he came up. He, 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 the EPA is a Nixon product. Yeah. Uh, affirmative action was Nixon introduced it. Uh, there are some other things that I'm not thinking of yet. But no, he in, initially he had a, a fairly a very liberal for, yeah. for Republican. Well, the bar is really low, uh, and it just goes to show you how far the Clintons and the Obamas try to take the Democratic Party uh, away from. I mean, I, it, no, it wasn't them. It was that the Republicans were beating the living daylights out of us. I can, when I was in college in the 60s, I can remember when conservative was a dirty word. That, uh, that, that it was a rare person you ran into who admitted to being a conservative. And the Republicans turned that all around to where uh, by the time Clinton got in office, uh, being a liberal, that you were a socialist, socialist communist or something. And so what he and um, Gore ended up doing, they were the young lions back then, was they 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 scrambled to the middle and were southerners southern candidates running for the presidency and that's how they won it because um anybody more liberal than them wasn't about to to win when they yeah. 
Yeah. By the way, I urge everybody, if you haven't already, I'm late to this game. I've been watching uh, Mrs. America uh, on Hulu. Really fascinating series and enjoying it immensely. Talks about the ERA, uh, the uh, the oh, attempt yeah. to pass the Equal Rights Amendment and Phyllis Schlafly yeah. uh, and how in many ways she was a precursor to the Tea Party uh, and MAGA. Many of the same rhetoric. Right. Uh, and Monroe... That rhetoric that you described is still very much a part of the Republican arsenal. Uh, it's been it, that rhetoric that Democrats represent far left, communists, socialists, right. uh, radical thugs. That's right. still a very much a part of their uh, yeah, yeah. I still hear, see, read it every day on my Facebook wall uh, when I'm... Um, Rating other right wingers' Facebook book walls, they talk about um, socialists and the communists and whatever. And I point out to them that Putin is a former KGB agent who's pulling Trump's strings right now. And of course, that's that's not that's nothing they can even imagine. And and the KGB was so long ago. That's what one guy told me yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I was using ancient history, you know, like now, now that Putin is a klepto, kleptocrat instead of a <laughs> he's changed his stripes. <laughs> no, it's uh, the still the same mindset is right, right. at play in Putin's and mind. His his training on Trump because he was he was like trained in psychological warfare. Where you, where you 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 flip a, uh, somebody, that was his training, and he was an expert at it. And he did a, a, it was an easy job, but he did a wonderful job on Donald J. Trump. All right, uh, so let's discuss the Republicans uh, for a while. GOP leaders begin to break with Trump. Headline in the New York Times maybe laugh. When all is said and done, your sense of things. Six congressmen. Uh, are going to vote for impeachment at the moment. Six Republican right. congressmen. Right. Uh, you, to actually convict Donald Trump of these charges, uh, they'll need at least 17, is my uh, understanding of the math, uh, if the if the hearing is, uh, if the trial is after right. Sh- Schumer takes control of the Senate, as right. opposed to now. Right. So what, in, do you think 17 senators, Republican senators, will vote against Trump? Um, God, I'm blanking on her name. The former senator from Missouri, Mike McClaskey. Oh, uh, Claire McCaskill. McCaskill, yeah. Yeah. She said um, yesterday, today, yesterday, that she, today, she said that um, she knew of half a dozen senators who more than likely were going to vote for impeachment and another uh, eight or nine who might vote for impeachment. <laughs> what a joke. Right. I still not even 17. Right. I did the math. Right, 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 right. right. I know. No, it's going to be, well, except this is the thing is Mitch is saying, they're saying now that Mitch is more than 50-50 on voting. To impeach Trump, so so and otherwise, it's um, there's still a chance. 
We'll see. Well, we'll have to see. This is a long way for playing out, but based on the uh, the early arguments, and why don't you do recite those early arguments that, that the Republicans are making? It seems as though they're co- trying to concoct uh, some sort of defense. For oh Donald yeah, Trump. Their, their defense now is that. Um, well, a couple of defenses. One is Trump's defense also, you know, where Trump says that uh, they've been after him from the beginning. The, the Democrats have been after him from day one and, and that this is the same um, witch hunt that they were performing three years ago or, or during the last in, impeachment. Uh, that he's a... Uh, He's a good president. He's a great, sorry, Trump's never good at anything. He's a great president. <laughs> and they're just going after him. That's, that's his defense. Some of them are repeating that in these, these, um, this, these hearings right now. Uh, the others are saying, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. We need to unite. Oh, God. If, if we impeach Trump, that's going to divide America at a time where we really need to be more united. So don't do it. Uh, those who are slightly critical of Trump are saying, well, um, impeachment is too much, too, too far in such a short period of time that we should just c- censure him and be done with it and, 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 and focus on um, coming together, having a kumbaya moment. It's so funny. Uh, let's see how much they come together when it comes to confirming Joe Biden's appointments, uh, appointees. Uh, so what's your response to the Unite argument? What's your response to if we impeach, we divide? We're already divided. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that would be like if, if uh, somebody came over from France in 1863 and said, you Americans ought to get together. I don't understand all this business about slavery and being upset about it or anything like that. It's uh, we're, We can't be any more divided than we are, you know, outside of uh, unless Sherman was um, <laughs> in a time machine and went through the South again and did his thing. I mean, we just, we can't be anymore. You know, they are right now, the right wing groups, the, the Proud Boys, the Boogaloos, the white nationalists are planning on a civil war. I mean, literally planning on a civil war. By this time next week, we probably would have will have had more violence, mm-hmm. and so I can't imagine that these guys who have been hoping and planning for uh, a civil war for the past ten years or so, mm-hmm. if if we say, well, uh, we'll just censure Trump and let it go at that, they go, oh, pull away your guns, stand down. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's there. No, I, I, I take very serious rhetoric, Monroe, and I spent uh, a lot of time this weekend writing a story for the reader, researching Mary Miller, the congresswoman uh, from Southern Illinois, the woman who said uh, that Hitler was right. 
Yeah. Uh, and I took a little, and not just her, but her husband, who's a state rep, Chris Miller, yeah. uh, and who was at the Trump rally, by the way, yeah. uh, state representative. Now, I, I don't believe he went to the uh, Congress, but he was at the rally itself. Um, so their rhetoric is very much that uh, America is at war. And the other side, which would be the Democratic side, right. represents communism. Right. And socialism right. and secularism right. and uh, anti-Christianity. That's and, their. And perhaps pedophilia and eating babies. Yes, <laughs> that too. Right. And so it, I don't understand if that's your worldview. Right. I don't understand how anything the Democrats do could result in unity unless it's utter capitulation to the worldview of Mary Miller and Chris Miller. And who, then they, then they, even the capitulation is not going to work because then they'll, they'll want to put us in concentration camps because we've capitulated and we've, we've confessed. Well, I, don't, I, I, I only, I only eat a baby once uh, during Christmas time. Other than that, I, I eat, cows or chickens or something. So it's no, no, the thing what Democrats have to do, and um, I'm hoping they do it, is they have to come hard and fast at the Republican. All, everybody who was who trespassed, yes, it was in that siege, needs to be identified and jailed. They need to get jail time. If, if they just trespassed it, trespassed it, then maybe a week or two, if they were plotting to overthrow the government 20 years, but they all need to, and there need to be, needs to be stories about that on a regular basis, and what they did and why they did it, et cetera. And the, 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 the politicians, the, the congressmen and the senators, who were part of this plot need to be thrown out of office, not by the voters, but I mean by law, put out and not allowed to hold office again. That's the only way that we're going to bring this to an end. Is if we, if enough people get hit hard enough, you know, cops would stop killing black unarmed black people if. Every time they did it, they went to prison. No, none of this. Okay, well, we can't quite figure out whether they they meant to do it or they didn't do it. You know, they tripped and their gun went off several times. <laughs> so, you know, but if okay, if the same if the same laws apply to police as they do to a regular citizen, these shootings would stop immediately. And so that's, you know, and that's, that's what has to be done. I can't see. Maybe I'm wrong, but at this moment, I cannot see uh, what you're calling for to happen. I cannot see uh, congressmen removed from office for uh, supporting Trump. Uh, I can't, I listen, Trump blatantly incited this uh, insurrection. We all saw it. We all heard it. Right. I can't even. Right now, the joke is we. You got six Republicans, six. That's it. Uh, and you know no, the headline begin to break. Last Wednesday, mm-hmm. 
was the turning point. Uh, the 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 uh, merit is going to follow the law, and so they're going to find all these major players and they're going to put them in jail. They're going to find out who the congressmen were who were in cahoots with Trump and these people. That's all going to come out. They're going to take, there's going to be criminal action against Trump. Um, my, I'm, 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 you know, I like to go out on limbs. Yes, you do. We'll it's talk a, about that in a little while, but go ahead. It's a, it's a, it's a thrill ride. You know, it's like being on the roller coaster. So <laughs> you're out there on that wind, bounce it up and down and side to side. Have you? Okay, this is my this is my latest uh, limb. Yeah. Okay, and we will know by in eight days whether I was right or wrong. None, none of this long distance business. But I'm predicting that Biden gets sworn in as president at noon Wednesday, a week from today, and before the business day is over. Somebody from New York is handing Trump an open indictment, <laughs> <laughs> and there will be more to come. There, um, at some point, Georgia is going to give him indicted on criminal activities. I mean, it's. Um, did you ever see that movie, the uh, the harder they fall? The yes. Movie? Yeah the uh, the reggae movie from nineteen seventy two. Exactly. Well, I keep thinking of that song. Uh, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'm going to put that on my wall sometime. Uh, just to infuriate MAGA uh, yeah. a little more than you already fear. All right. So since you're in the game of making predictions and going out on limbs, yeah. how about this one? What outrage will Donald Trump perpetrate uh, in the coming days? You know, he's got something up his sleeve. Well, the pardons, for one thing, for sure. And he, he's he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna try to pardon himself. Is he gonna pardon the MAGA insurrectionists? No, he can't. Do, I don't think he can do that because you have to you have to name names for that. You can't just say and <laughs> who broke into all all, all three hundred of you who broke into the Capitol and stole people's personal stuff and. <laughs> Always and whatever all the horrible things they did. You're forever. You know, I pardon. I'm going to pardon absolutely everybody who ever voted for me for anything they could possibly exactly. be charged with. So that vote and and the actual leaders to that I don't think he's going. He may do one or two. That he can name, but well, I there are there are some named and who've already been charged with right exactly. So there but are people he could pardon. Yeah, but I don't think he cares enough about that. Okay. I don't think you know he doesn't he didn't care enough about he doesn't know him for the most part. He doesn't care about him. So tough luck, you know. They <laughs> <You know? laughs> were dumb enough to listen to him. Yeah, right. No, good try, but since you didn't actually succeed, because I still still getting evicted. On Wednesday, <laughs> that I don't care about you, but he's going to take care of his family and his business associates, and what have you. But the problem he has, of course, is that he can't pardon you. He can't pardon you for anything. Um, the state of New York mm-hmm. is going to get him for. 
Yeah, uh, I think you're right. A pardon will be uh, among the outrage uh, that we'll be discussing next week uh, <laughs> as uh, Biden is sworn in. Let's. Uh, Donald Trump's got a few outrages left. All right, now let's just before oh, wait, we one other thing he may try and pull off. I just remember what's that? martial law. He's going to declare martial law, and his thinking which is incorrect, but it's his thinking, is that if if the country is under martial law, then we don't have time to get a new president <laughs> because we're, we're in danger. The, the troops are there. The soldiers are there. Everybody's there trying to protect America. And so who has time to bring in somebody else to do the job what he's doing it? doing it himself. Yeah. You know what's uh, so bizarre about all this is that uh, aside from uh, his incendiary speeches uh, and his rallies and his phone calls to um, various state officials in Michigan and Georgia, all of which is, uh, I don't know, it seems to be against the law. Well, it is. It's like he's fighting so hard uh, to uh, subvert the election results the guy shows no interest in actually being president. I mean, the pandemic is raging in the right. country right now. He right. shows no interest whatsoever. Right. Or even in the economy. Yeah, it's just like yeah, all he cares about right. is no, subverting but, the election. Well, no, because he loves the he loves the significance. The fact that for once in his life he actually matters. Mm. But he adds influence. He loves that, and he loves having the get out of jail card yeah. free. But being president allows him. Uh, all right, now uh, you should know that uh, you're our listeners are constantly making fun of you uh, for your predictions not being accurate. This is a, a regular theme. Yeah. But I just want to. I I did a list. I was thinking about this. Uh, the other day, and I did a list, and you're actually, you've done pretty well. Uh, I got to tell you, okay, so here's what you've, I mean, you've been off in terms of when it's going to happen. Adolfo loves to make fun of you because you said, like, by the 4th of July, Trump will be out of office. I think that was the 4th of July of 2018. (laughs) So you're off a little bit. Uh, But your basic predictions were that uh, Donald Trump would lose to Joe Biden. Check that. Yeah. Uh, that the the Democrats would hold the House, check that. That the Democrats would win both races in Georgia, uh, you predicted that. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, take back the Senate, check that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, this prediction that you made, you've been making constantly since the moment Donald Trump pretty much was sworn in, that Donald Trump will be impeached. And now it looks like there's a chance. Oh, twice was right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he was, he, he he was convicted. Yeah. So, okay. and this he, time he might get convicted. Might I? I if I had to put the bet in Vegas, I'd say no. I'd say that what the games that Mitch McConnell is playing strongly suggest that they're not ready to sever the cord with MAGA. They still, the incumbent Republicans, recognize that Donald Trump is the popular figure uh, in, in their party. And so what they're doing is what they're just like slowly weaning the Republicans. Yeah, I know. Of I know. But, but again, I. 
I think I've, I'm sure I've said this before, is once Trump is no longer in the White House, his allure is going to drop dramatically and fairly quickly. Nobody loves a loser. And that's what he is, you know. I mean, they, they still, I mean, the, these MAGA fools that are still backing him, they still believe that he's going to be able to pull a rabbit out of the hat. And before next week, somehow, some way, America's going to come to its senses and realize that Trump was such a great leader and president, et cetera, et cetera, and that he gets to stay in office. And Biden is an old, senile man, and nobody wants him anyway, so he won't be sworn in. I mean, they still are of that mentality, a lot of them. Well, I... Um, and so I once that is over, yeah. once that is over, uh, and, and, well, and the greatest thing that has happened, we didn't mention this, but the greatest thing that has happened in the past week is Twitter shut him down. Mm. That now, makes all the difference. All right, Monroe, address the issue uh, that this is an egregious violation of Trump's rights to a freedom of speech. <laughs> Anybody who is bothered to read the Constitution would know that it says Congress shall pass no law limiting free speech. Just Facebook, Twitter are private companies. And just like a baker can't be told that he must bake a cake for a gay couple Nobody can tell Twitter or Facebook who they can do business with or not do business with. They get to that it's their business, they get to make the decision. But Americans confuse this whole freedom of speech right all the time. And if, if, if you are employed by somebody, a private employer, they, they can fire you because you didn't say Mr. before their last name if they want to. It's their choice. They get to do it. I, I don't think, uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't think Americans are confused by it. They just want their side to be winning. So in other words, I think every American, and I, I've interviewed so many people about their bosses down to the years because I write about politics. And so um, constantly like getting somebody at city hall to comment about mayor Daly or mayor Rahm or mayor Lightfoot. And they're very cautious and nervous because they think they could be fired. So everybody knows there's right. a limitation to speech in this country, but right. you're right. They just invoke this, this ideal of no, but they, they, no, but they, unfettered they, freedom. Yeah, no, but they confuse that part. I mean, particularly when it's somebody they like who's who's who, who's being um, put in their place. Absolutely. Then, then you know, I mean, um, when Trump was saying that um, Obama was a Kenyan, nobody took offense to that on their side. On their side. On their side. Nobody took offense to that. And um, 
it's just you know it's i mean it's it's it, it depends on what what your politics yeah are. it's are uh yeah it's all absolutely there are no fixed principles uh uh well there's very few fixed principles anywhere in politics today definitely not in the republican party it's all tactical we're seeing that right now with mitch mcconnell we're seeing that here in illinois where where republicans get all fired up over michael mcdonald michael mcdonald michael madigan uh and are silent about trump so we we all know that's going on monroe absolutely uh all right, now I just have to before I let you go, let you know that I finally, 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 and thanks to Frank, I can't thank you enough, Frank. Uh, got an opportunity to see Hamilton, your favorite. Oh my music. God! Praise the Lord! I watched it this Saturday. Speaking of my list of being right. Yes. you that you love it. Yeah, it was brilliant. I was, uh, and I have to say that um, the level of genius in that show is so deep that the, on one viewing, I only think I captured about thirty percent of it. You know, it's I got to watch it again. Now, will I watch it seven, eight times like you have? I don't know, uh, but I will watch it. Closed captions up. Yes. Oh, come on, man. I'm old. I put the closed captions on everything. Okay. So, you know, I don't play around, man. Uh, I finally figured out how to put those closed captions. That was tough. I had to call millennials all over the country. I'm having trouble with this. But, uh, no, it was just you were right. Uh, and um, Toy Hutchinson, uh, who used to come on the show all the time when she was a state senator, she was telling me I had to watch it, so she was right. It's brilliant. In fact, Eric Zorn quoted it today in the uh, in the Tribune. A uh, very funny quote: uh, "Having the, the King King George, what a character he was in that show." Oh, I know, uh, you know. I know. I know. Uh, so I will definitely. I want to thank you for. Oh my I God, know. folks! You have to, you have no idea. You have no idea how many times Monroe Anderson would say, you haven't seen Hamilton. You've got to watch. <laughs> so I finally saw it, you know, um, no, my times. That's good. So um, now when somebody talks about being in the room where it happened, you'll know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the greatest encapsulations of how politics gets done exactly. uh, that song and that move in that show where they talk about the back room wheeling and dealings and uh ricky hendon who gets <laughs> comes in the show from time to time talks about that all the time all the action ben happens at the meeting before the meeting and then there's right. the meeting before the meeting before the meeting right. and uh and uh miranda put that in just so eloquently into that song uh, and yeah, I'm gonna uh, I, when when they, when that song went down, I go, oh, that's what Monroe has been talking about. Uh, so uh, anyway, you were right on that one, and we'll see if you're right uh, with your prediction of Donald Trump trying to invoke martial law. Uh, you, you've made uh, that yeah. prediction, and uh, what was the other one that you, uh, you predicted would happen? Oh, that before uh, uh, business day is over next Wednesday, exactly, uh, New York will have indicted. No, because, no, because, no, because this is what you have to think about: is they they cannot let him roam free with all the information. Although he didn't pay much attention in those briefings, yeah. he heard enough and he knows enough where um, 
our enemies will be very interested in hearing what he has to say. And so they have to, they, they have to, they have to give it, ind- indicting him will be the short-term solution. Mm-hmm. You know, just like with the guys who broke into the Capitol, they're hitting them with um, trespassing because yeah. that's the thing to do. But much greater um, uh, um, charges will come later. And that's going to be with Trump. They cannot uh, travel anywhere. They they need to they they need to have his phone tapped. I mean, they have to watch him closely, very close. All right, that's uh, Monroe Law and Order uh, Anderson. Right, exactly. uh, <laughs> who knew that that old hippie from the sixties, right, exactly. that old reefer smoking hippie. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, that was the sixties, folks. Not yeah, the 60s. Right. All right, Monroe, uh, it's a blast talking to you. Talk to you next Wednesday. All right. All right. Okay. All right. That's hey, great. One thing I I may you may talk. I got to think about this. The inauguration. Now, do I want to be talking to you or do I want to be watching the? No, you're being right here talking to me. Uh, <laughs> give me that baloney. Uh, you could, uh, I think the inauguration will probably be over by then anyway. So, um, all right, Monroe Anderson. Okay. Uh, all right. Take care. Uh, as a, it's a pleasure as always. Uh, it's great, Monroe Anderson. Uh, do you got any updates for me? You got to pump the gas, Walsh. Pump it. Come on. Ah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> everybody has trouble with that gas. I know. I know. I know. All right. It's the top story of the day locally. And honestly, still hard to believe. Madigan out. Christopher Welch in the bus has officially and figuratively rolled over Mike Madigan. And after 30 some odd years, we have a brand new speaker. I mean, sure. The new guy is a top ally to Madigan. So we may essentially still be having him around. And well, we heard some very unflattering news this afternoon about Welch's past. Thanks to the tribune, but Hey, onward and upward, I say. And right now in my face, is a list of public press releases from very important people and organizations congratulating Chris Welch. Shout out to the meanest Illinois political bulldog in the yard. Capital Facts is Rich Miller. Get him on the chain. (laughs) Scaring the kids. So I have some press releases uh, regarding Christopher Welch. I have organizations and elected leaders. Uh, Ben, how about we start off with a statement from the AFL-CIO? What do you say? All right, let's say, uh, what does labor have to say? All right, the Illinois AFL-CIO today issued the following statement in response to the Illinois House selecting Emmanuel Chris Welch as the new speaker. The Illinois AFL-CIO, representing nearly 1 million working families across the state today, offers a hearty congratulations to new Illinois House Speaker Emmanuel Chris Welch. Speaker Welch has a proven track record of fighting for working families, and we are eager to work with him. Uh, Senate President Harmon and Governor Pritzker are to address the significant challenges facing the state of Illinois as we begin 2021. That was the comment there from the AFL-CIO. Well, good. Because let's uh, be clear about what was at stake in this fight. Uh, I've said this many times. Michael Madigan in those four years of Rounders reign uh, was the, the goalie blocking us from outrageous anti-union legislation. Uh, 
And you say what you will about Michael Joseph's Madigan's reign before the router years, uh, he was the one who kept us from turning into, uh, kept Router from turning Illinois into a replica of Wisconsin. And, you know, my liberal friends are a little weak on union rights. They, uh, you know, we were talking about this with Mindy. Uh, I, sorry, really recommend everybody. That's a bonus uh, interview that will drop this uh, weekend, a journalist for In These Times who uh, talks about uh, how to win over Trump voters. Anyway, we are talking about how weak liberals are when it comes to union rights. And Michael Madigan, for all his flaws, uh, was very strong in this, and that's part of the reason why uh, union, the labor movement was so loyal to him up until the very end. So the notion that Chris Welch will carry on that legacy is a good one, I say, because I believe in union rights. All right, that was from the AFL-CIO. On to our next press release statement. This one comes from an elected leader. It is the Illinois State Treasurer and jury still out, but some say the tallest man in Springfield. Him and Gazzardi are like right there with each other. One Michael Frericks. Michael Frericks said about Chris Welch becoming the new speaker. We witness history today when members of the Illinois House of Representatives elected the first African-American to lead their chamber. I have worked successfully with the new speaker to pass legislation to make it easier to save for college and fought alongside him to ensure the life insurance industry pays death benefits after a customer passes away. Because of those past victories, I am excited to work with him to bring financial order to our state and expand economic opportunity for every person in Illinois. Yeah, he's a statewide uh, official. Frerichs, a senator, runs statewide. And as any statewide official, the Madigan's presence got him a little nervous. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we, I don't know what other statements you're going to have, but we'll get into this if you have Pritzker or Tammy Duckworth or what have you. Uh, but uh, statewide, Madigan is very unpopular uh, outside of Chicago. She's not that popular in Chicago. And uh, we've talked about this many times in the show. Uh, he was perhaps the most successful tool the Republicans had. And so isn't that interesting? Let's just take for a moment. Let's just pause for a moment uh, to think about this. This just popped into my head. Just having that conversation with Monroe. Democrats in the House and in the Senate in, the, in Washington are moving quickly to impeach and convict Donald Trump and make him pay a responsibility, uh, be responsible for his actions in inciting a riot, inciting insurrection. And Republicans are saying, come on, unity is what matters. Put that beside us. Here we are in Illinois. And the Democrats finally cut the cord with Madigan. All right. All right. You got, you've been hammering us Republicans with Michael Joseph Madigan for the last four years. We better, you know, cut him loose uh, because we don't want to be tied to him anymore. And instead of Republicans saying you did the right thing, now let's be, uh, let's work together. Well, what are they saying? He's just another Madigan pawn. Fight. Keep the fight. It's not like, congratulations, Democrats, for doing the right thing. Isn't that interesting? Uh, but in Washington, come on, can't we all just get along and let Donnie Trump go? We hear Democrats turn on their guy, Michael Joseph Madigan. They won't. The 19 stood strong. The 19 said they weren't going to vote for him, stood strong, Black Madigan from being uh, elected to the speaker. So Chris Welch was brought in. And the Republicans are like, oh, come on. He's just another man. What'd you think, Republicans, that they were going to nominate a Republican? You know what? Uh, for the sake of unity, I think we'll nominate Jim Durkin. Why would they? <laughs> so 
So, you know, not a lot of credibility on the Republican side and the whole unity thing, D. You know what I'm saying? Ah, that unity thing. Not a lot of credibility. Oh, wait, we have a quote. I forgot to read it from Michael Frerichs here. It says, uh, for the record, I am taller than Will Gazzardi. <laughs> okay. But Giannullis may be taller than each of them. Oh, my got, God. I see. Giannullis, he's a tall feller, huh? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, yeah, look it up. I'm not going to look it up. Up next, it's our friend, Terry Cosgrove in personal pack. TC. TC. TC in personal pack weighed in. Personal pack and TC said about Chris Welch, quote, In every single fight for reproductive rights in the Illinois General Assembly over the past decade, Chris Welch has been a passionate, strategic, thoughtful, and leading voice in the Illinois House. Welch is fearless in his support for reproductive justice. When many thought the historic 2017 fight for HB 40 would not be successful, Chris Chris Welch worked to help us end the disgraceful denial of abortion care to low-income women and state employees. In 2019, when the groundbreaking Reproductive Health Act was facing an uphill battle in the Illinois House, Chris Welch spoke eloquently for the need to protect all Illinois women, regardless of Donald Trump's Supreme Court. All right, there's about four more paragraphs here. Wait, Terry Cosgrove is very excited. We're going to uh, pause it right there, though. Uh, ben, your thoughts? Well, uh, TC, so no dope. And a very shrewd practitioner of the game. Knows how the game is played. Terry Cosgrove comes on the show all the time and lays out uh, his strategy and his thoughts on these things. And it's like Madigan was here. Cosgrove, Terry worked with Madigan and uh, got whatever he could get out of Madigan on on the issue of paramount importance to uh, Terry, which is abortion rights. Now Madigan's gone. Just switch over and work uh, with Welch. Terry Cosgrove is all about either passing legislation that guarantees a woman's right to choose in matters of abortion or blocking legislation uh, that would outlaw abortion in this state. That's what he's all about. He makes it very clear. And so now there's a new speaker, and that speaker has been an ally of Terry Cosgrove. Terry Cosgrove is going to be an ally of him. That's how the game is played, D. He learned from TC. He knows how the game is played. Put your big boy pants on, as Terry Cosgrove would say. All right, and we'll do one more here. Finally, uh, a politician, one we haven't heard from in a while. Ben, I'd love to uh, hear your thoughts on uh, that as well. Controller Mendoza, Susanna Mendoza. Wow. Yeah. We have not heard from Susanna Mendoza in a long, long time. Mendoza, where the hell have you been? Mendoza report, poor, 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 poor. Yeah, we haven't done a Mendoza report in ages. All right, so let's hear what Mendoza had to say. Uh, Terry Cosgrove, take notes. This is like one paragraph, so here we go. Controller Mendoza says, Congratulations, Speaker Emanuel Chris Welch, on your historic election as the first African-American Speaker of Illinois House of Representatives. I have appreciated your help on legislation over the years, and I look forward to working with you to move Illinois ahead. All right, so Susanna Mendoza used to be a state rep. Uh, very, she's a good Democrat, as they say. Uh, now, you know, it, are there any uh, when you're looking at that list uh, that uh, Rich Miller put together? Uh, are there any other women besides Susanna Mendoza on that list? I have uh, Margaret Croak. Okay, state representative from the north side of Chicago. That's the other one on that list. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's, it's this will be interesting because uh, the Republicans will 
soon shift uh, from uh, linking Welch to Madigan. Well, they'll probably continue to do that for a while. I mean, they've invested a lot of money into uh, turning Madigan into pariah. They're not going to let that go uh, that quickly. Uh, but they'll shift uh, to the uh, the police report of uh, brutality from well, from 2002. So it'll be interesting to see what it, what impact that will have on the women in the Democratic Party. But Susanna Mendoza, man, she was a regular on our show back in the old days when we yeah. were on the radio station uh, with the Mendoza Report. And I really uh, respected her, appreciated her, because she was a fighter against Ronner. Folks, Ronner was like an existential fight for someone like me, much like Trump. And it was on labor issues. This was back in the day. Most of this was when I was at the radio station. And... Uh, what, what, what Ronald was trying to do to unions in the state of Illinois, uh, destroy collective bargaining rights uh, in the name of somehow or other what promoting the economy, somehow or other uh, making it uh, more difficult for workers uh, to stand up uh, to bosses who are just going to randomly punish them or fire them or uh, make it uh, give them a mechanism by which they didn't, can negotiate for a higher wage, somehow or other uh, giving uh, employees an opportunity on a collective basis uh, to protect themselves from just unwarranted firings and punishment, that would be detrimental to our economy. And so I took it as a very existential threat for uh, the union movement in the state of Illinois. And I, I took around her very seriously. And Mendoza was a um, really fought hard. I appreciated her for that. She was uh, really fought hard against uh, Bruce Rauner. And you're right, Dee. Like, she has kind of disappeared from the stage. She ran for mayor. I thought, I didn't think that was the greatest idea in the world. And it was unsuccessful. She got caught up in the, the Ed Burke uh, corruption trial, or uh, excuse me, indictment. And so she was unsuccessful there. And, you know, the role she plays in Pritzker's administration is a lot different than the watchdog she was playing uh, during the days of Bruce Rauner didn't even have a budget. So, yeah, I hadn't thought about Susanna in a while. I haven't had her on the show in a while. She bring her back. But uh, Chris Welch is going to need support from as many Democratic women as he can going forward. Pretty obvious. All right, yeah, we should try and get Mendoza back. Also on the list of people we need to get back, just because I, I thought of it. Um, Waggis Pack. Scott Waggis Pack. Scotty, man. Where you been, been Scott? Come on, Scotty. Come, Come on. Back. <laughs> What's the deal, Scott? Uh, he loves Lori Lightfoot, ladies and gentlemen. Scotty loves Lori. I'll bring him back. I like Scotty. So there you are. Uh, we'll obviously have more uh, on this. Chris Welch becoming the new speaker on tomorrow's program. Uh, remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. Over 800 episodes of this show for you to download at chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. We played it at the top of the hour there. Jeanette Taylor, 20th Ward Alderwoman. If you haven't heard this interview yet, you're missing out. Go check it out. Download it now. A very candid interview with Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor and spoiler alert, oh, she says the F-bomb like 20 times. It's awesome. So go check that out. And uh, all the other uh, archives, we're going to have the Monroe Anderson interview available later on tonight, as well as the back half, what we just talked about here, available for download as well. Share that with your friends. And if you listen on download, check us out on the YouTube channel, Chicago Reader YouTube, Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time. And join the live stream chat, meet Dragon Slayer 19, Frank, Jay Marie, Jim, Brianna, Steven, and so much more. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow.
All right. I want to thank Marlon Anderson for an outstanding job. But of course, uh, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, prior to Joe Alvin Law. Without him, the show would be possible. And as in a rare show of unity, Jim Durkin and Chris Welch will tell you back home in Alton, they call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. That is correct. That is correct.